Hey, grown-ups, warmer, sunnier days are calling. Fuel up for them with Factor's no prep, no mess meals. Factor has a menu of chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factor's fresh, never frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So, no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great tasting meals. With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week, you'll always have new flavors to explore. Head to factormeals.com slash tales50. That's T-A-L-E-S 5-0. And use code tales50 to get 50% off your first box, plus 20% off your next month. That's code tales50 at factormeals.com. Dot com slash tales 50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Hey grown-ups, I have something exciting to share with you. There's a brand new kids podcast out now that I think you're going to love. It's called Mysteries About True Histories. This show is perfect if you love adventures, solving riddles, and maybe even some wacky math problems. But I need a little help from some new friends to tell you more. Max and Molly, take it away. From the creators of Who Smarted, Starglow Media comes a brand new podcast called Mysteries About True Histories. Uh, does that sound serious enough? Uh, Max, we only have 30 seconds for this promo. Just tell them how your mysterious aunt recruited us into a secret order of problem solvers who travel time and have epic adventures. I don't have to. You just did. Catch new episodes of Mysteries About True Histories every Thursday on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, Tailblazers. I'm Rebecca Cunningham, and this is Girl Tales, a kid's podcast of feminist stories for a new generation. Before we get started, I want to send a very happy birthday to Iman. Iman, I hope you have the best birthday ever. Thank you so much for listening to Girl Tales. Grown-ups, Girl Tales is brought to you by families like yours. If you would like a birthday shout-out for your child, head to patreon.com slash girltales and donate today. And I want to wish everyone a happy Women's History Month. Every year in March, we honor women's history and celebrate the achievements and contributions of women to society. This year, Girl Tales is releasing four very special episodes, one each Friday, celebrating women who have made a difference in their community. These stories are historical fiction. That means that the stories are about real-life women, but the narrators, the people who are telling the stories, are imaginary characters created by our writers. Today's story is written by Nina Key and performed by Kate Marley. And now, here is the story of Helen Zia. Enjoy!
I'd like to tell you about a friend of mine who really helped me through a tough time. Her name is Helen Zia, and she is an activist, author, and former journalist. Have you ever felt sad, confused, and alone? Have you ever had people say or do mean things to you for stuff you don't even have any control over? Like what country your family comes from, what shape your eyes and nose are, or the color of your skin? That's what happened to me. Last week, I was at the grocery store with my oma. Usually when we go to the store, we look at the list of things we have to buy and split up. That day, oma went to get the ingredients for dinner. Rice, meat, vegetables. While I got to go to the next aisle over to pick out the good stuff, like what flavor cupcakes we were going to have for dessert. When I got to the pastry section, there was another woman there who was picking out a package of cupcakes too. I smiled at her, but she didn't seem too friendly. She gave me a weird look and stepped back away from me, like she didn't want me to get too close. The whole situation was feeling pretty strange, so I hurried up and grabbed the closest package of cupcakes I could see. Cookies and cream, which luckily is my favorite. But when I turned around to leave, the woman said something under her breath that shocked me. She said, You Chinese should go back to where you came from. And then she turned around and left. As I held the package of cupcakes... I could feel my hands start to shake. It felt like there was a big lump in my throat, and my breath felt like it was caught in my chest. Big, hot tears started rolling down my cheeks. Oh, there you are, my oma said, coming around the corner with the shopping basket hanging off her arm. She was already done. The basket was full of food. And then she got sight of my face. Oh, baby, what's wrong? Did something happen? Over and over again, she asked me if something was wrong, but I couldn't answer. I didn't know how to. I was so upset, I could barely speak. All throughout dinner, I was quiet. When it came time for dessert, my oma put one of the cookies and cream cupcakes on a plate and put it in front of me. Maybe this will cheer you up, she said. A hopeful look in her eyes. But when I looked at it, all I could hear was that woman's voice and her words ringing in my ears. I shoved the plate away and ran up to my room. I threw myself in bed, under the covers, and cried. Oma came and rubbed my back. I'm not sure what happened at the store. But if you want to tell me what happened, you can always talk to me, okay? She said softly. I could tell by the tone of her voice that she was worried. I nodded, exhausted from crying. She rubbed my back in circles over and over until I fell deep, deep asleep. In my dream, I walked towards an Asian-American woman who was looking up at a tall building a thoughtful expression on her face. She wore a black t-shirt and had short, spiky hair. When she saw me, she gave me a big, friendly smile and waved. Hello there, she said. I introduced myself with a polite bow, like my oma had always taught me to do with elders. 
It's nice to meet you, the woman said. My name is Helen Zia, but you can call me Helen. She caught sight of my face and frowned. Is something bothering you? she asked. You look very sad. I hesitated, but Helen seemed very kind. Somehow, oh, maybe because it was a dream, it felt easier to talk about what had happened. So I described what happened with a woman at the store. My Alma talked to me before about how some Americans are blaming Chinese people for the pandemic, I said. But it was the first time that anything like that had ever happened to me. And I'm not even Chinese! I'm Korean! As I continued to talk, Helen listened quietly. The expression on her face grew sadder and sadder. When I finished, she leaned down and gave me a big hug. I'm so sorry this happened to you, she said softly. I nodded, tears suddenly springing up again in my eyes. I wiped them off my face with my sleeve. But honestly... It felt better to let it out and talk with someone about what had happened. I pointed towards the building in front of us. Where are we? I asked. Oh, this? This is the Detroit City Council building, she said. Years ago, something happened here that changed my life. What happened? I asked. Helen sighed. Things like what happened to you have been happening in America for a very long time, she said. In this case, it happened to a man named Vincent Chin. In 1982, two white men went after Mr. Chin because they thought Japanese people were the reason why they lost their jobs. Mr. Chin wasn't Japanese either. He was Chinese, like me. My mouth fell open. I was shocked. I had no idea that things like this had been happening throughout history to other Asian Americans, and for so long. This building is where our first court case happened, Helen continued. At that time, a white judge ruled that the two men who attacked Mr. Chin weren't the kind of men you send to jail, so he gave them a very light sentence. They didn't spend a single day in jail for what they did. That's terrible! I exclaimed. So what did you do? I became a national organizer and spokesperson for the Justice for Vincent Chin campaign. Together with community members of all different kinds of ethnicities and backgrounds, we banded together and fought for our civil rights. We helped make changes to laws that have helped all Americans. Wow, I said. That's incredible. I paused. But... How did you have the courage to do all of those things? I leaned in close and whispered. When the woman at the store said those things to me, I was so upset I couldn't even speak. I haven't even told my mom about it yet. Helen patted me on the back. When those kinds of things happen, it's normal to be scared and not know what to do. Those types of things shouldn't happen to any American. But, you know, no matter what others say to you and no matter how others might try to make you feel, you shouldn't ever feel or believe that you're less than anyone else. You are important. You are powerful. And your voice 
deserves to be heard. I gulped. When I thought of that woman, I didn't feel very important or powerful. In fact, her words made me feel very, very small. Helen must have seen the doubtful look on my face because she continued on. Having courage is about recognizing the bravery you have inside yourself and doing things big and small. Even when we do small things, if we get together and do them with other people, they can become big, very big. We can always make a difference, and the changes you make with other members of your community can help change the world. I've always believed that if you can make a positive difference in the world, you should do it. We have the power of our voices. And if not now, when? I nodded. Helen's words felt like a warm blanket, wrapping around me and filling me with warmth and confidence. Helen looked at her watch. Oh, look at that. (laughs) Time for me to go, she said. She muttered to herself, trying to remember her schedule. I'm joining that Black Lives Matter protest at noon, and I've got to fit in some time to write that article about a new law that helps protect the rights of LGBTQ plus people. You sound like you have a very busy day, I said. Helen laughed and nodded. She patted me on the head. But I'm really, really glad that I had the chance to talk to you. Helen squatted down in front of me and put both hands on my shoulders. In my culture, we're not supposed to mention things we're the proudest of because there's always another thing that we can try to do. I imagine that it might be similar with yours. I nodded with a smile. Before I go, I just want to share one last thing with you. When I got involved with the Vincent Chin case, I was just starting out as a journalist. I was struggling, and I worried that I might lose my career by speaking out. But I chose to stand up and use my voice. There might have been moments in my life where I didn't speak up. And later, I always felt like I should have said something. But the times that I did speak up and try to do something to the best of my ability, those were the times, I think, that I could say I'm the most proud of. She gave me one last hug before she went. I believe in you. Just remember, you are powerful, and your voice deserves to be heard. I bowed to her, and then she smiled, waved, and left. I turned to look at the Capitol building. I looked at it for a long time like Helen had. Was what she had said true? Was it possible for me to speak up and make a change like she did? When I woke up from the dream, I felt much more relaxed and peaceful. I looked over and saw that my Alma had fallen asleep next to me. I tapped her on the shoulder, and she woke. Oh, you're up, she said. Are you feeling better? She asked anxiously. I nodded and took a deep breath. And then, I finally told her about what happened at the store. It's been a few weeks since I had that dream with Helen, And since then, I've been following her example, trying my best to find courage in myself. One moment I feel especially proud of is when I told my teacher about what happened. She helped me make a club where other students and I can learn about the civil rights movement. 
which started with the efforts of black Americans. Activists who led the charge in making change and inspired other people like Helen Zia to do the same. The club works together to do things like write letters to state legislators, march with our families in protests, and even practice what to say when we see something happening that isn't right. Like Helen Zia said, we believe that our voice matters. We do small things every day, and hopefully our small things can become big things that make a big, big change. That was the story of Helen Zia by Nina Key, performed by Kate Marley, produced by Megan Begala, and executive produced by me, Rebecca Cunningham. Original theme music by Eli Denby Wood and Amy Geisbers Van White, with a special musical theme by Megan Begala. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts. And hey, if you love this story and you want to celebrate Women's History Month with your friends, share this episode with them. And remember, I believe in you. Being a princess.